Seahawks at the start of this NFL draft week are one of four teams that have multiple first-round selections. For the first of five NFL draft previews in this segment every day this week, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined this sportsman by Bob Candota of the Seattle Times. And, Bob, good to have you. And before we get to the offseason, let's go back to last season with the Seahawks. They, they surprised most by finishing 9-8 and eight and reaching the postseason. What were the biggest reasons for the turnaround last year? Uh, I mean, the biggest was just Geno Smith. I mean, nobody had any idea that he was going to play that well, uh, you know, just because nobody had seen it. I mean, he hadn't played quarterback in the NFL basically in eight years. So, um, you know, I don't think the Seahawks uh, anticipated that. But that, that's really the single biggest reason. Um, you know, they, they got some good performances from a lot of rookies. Kenneth Walker, obviously. Um, you know, some guys in the back end, especially their two corners, Tariq Willard and, and, and Kobe Bryant, who are rookies as well, played really well. But, um, you know, it was just mostly the that the offense and, and Gino, um, you know, quarterback by far, obviously, is the most important position in football. And if you've got a decent quarterback, you got a chance to be to be pretty good. And, and the Seahawks had that last year with Gino. So why was he so effective? And, and I, I, needless to say, uh, that you know, I guess it's probably not surprising that they signed him to a contract extension after last year. Um, yeah, I, you know, he just he was he was really accurate with his passes. I mean, you know, he led the led the NFL completion percentage, um, at, you know, almost seventy percent. He just was really good that way. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to describe why a quarterback is good, but he just you know he made good decisions out there. Um, he made good decisions, and he knew where to, he knew he knew where to go with the ball, and he was able to get it there when he, when he um, you know the way he needed to. And uh, you know that was really the, the biggest thing. And you know if you go back and look, his Jets career probably wasn't quite as bad as, as people portrayed it. You know if you, if you sort of go really go through the game by games, and, and, and he had some good games there. You know was was conference player of the week uh, a time or two and things like that. Um, you know just sort of just sort of fell apart from there a little bit with with the expectations that they had and, and him being thrown into it. You know just having to start immediately as a rookie. So. Um, you know, there, there was, there was, there's probably some takeaways there in not giving up on a guy too quickly. But, uh, you know, he just he hadn't played ever since 2015, really, other than a couple of times here and there. But, you know, he had, he had had those three games where he filled in in 2021 when, when Russell Wilson was injured. And, and especially the last game that he played of those three against Jacksonville, the, the, the Seahawks sort of pointed to that one and thought, well, maybe there's something here. And when they traded Russell, you know, they made it a point to make sure they re-signed Gino and gave him a shot to win the starting job. But I still don't know that they thought you know, he could do that for all 17 games. He was, he was the only quarterback in the NFL last year. He didn't miss a snap. So, you know, that helped, too, uh, you know, when your quarterback is playing well and stays healthy and upright for the entire season. You know, also it's been a busy offseason for Seattle. I, you know, I promise we'll get to the draft here shortly, but I want to talk about some of these acquisitions. They brought back Bobby Wagner. Uh, was that surprising? And is the Jordan Brooks possibly not ready for the start of 2023, uh, the season? Is, is Was that a big reason for yeah, Wagner's no, exactly return? Yeah, I mean, that's totally what it was. Uh, if Jordan Brooks is healthy, he wouldn't have brought back Bobby. But, yeah, Jordan Brooks uh, tore his ACL on January 1st. I mean, that's just, if you know anything about ACL, that's just a 9- to 10-month injury. There's not much you can do about it. You know, sometimes guys talk about trying to come back more quickly or whatever from it, but that, that's a tough thing to try to do. So, just given the nature of that injury and, and, and the kind that it is, um, you know, uh, knowing that the minute he got hurt, everybody knew up here they were going to have to do something at linebacker and, um, you know, try to sign somebody from the outside or, or draft somebody or whatever. And then when Bobby became available, you know, that sort of became an obvious thing to put two and two together. And, and they were able to make it work. You know, Bobby really wanted to come back. 
Um, I think he had some better offers with some other teams out there, but I think he really wanted to come back. And you know, he'll be 33 this year, so you know, knowing that maybe this is, this will be his last year, I think he wanted to come back and finish it in Seattle. Bob Condota, the Seattle Times, is uh, currently in the sports zone. Okay, Draymond Jones, I'm an Ohio State fan, and uh, not to sound too much of a homer here, but uh, I've always liked him. Uh, as a college player, he's been certainly productive in the NFL, so how does he fit into the defensive line? And also, they added Jerron uh, Reed, uh, another addition in free agency. So the defensive line, how is this looking at uh, looking right now? Yeah, I, you know, that was their number one priority is to try to fix in the offseason. Pete Carroll, uh, you know, the day after they lost to San Francisco in the playoffs, said we have to be more dynamic up front, really play to the defensive line. It's, as what he thought was kind of the biggest thing they had to get better at um, after, you know, they really weren't very good on defense last year. And uh, so, um, you know, they, they've, cut, they've cut three veterans, Al Woods, Quentin Jefferson, um, Shelby Harris. They cut those guys. They, they signed Draymond. They, they brought back Jaron Reed. Uh, you know, who had been with the team in t- from 2015 to 2020. Um, that's why everybody anticipates they're going to draft some guys because they don't have a lot of defensive linemen right now. I, you know, they signed two guys, set three, and, and haven't done much else uh, on the defensive line. So they, they simply have to add some numbers there. But, uh, um, you know, that that was the point um, and the goal was to just get better up front. They, they uh, you know, they had, they had been second in the NFL in, in yards uh, per carry allowed uh, in 2021. They were really good against the run. Last year, they were almost exactly the opposite. They allowed more than a yard, more than a yard per carry, more than that. Um, and, uh, you know, so they just felt they had to get a lot better there. So they basically, you know, cut sort of three 30 guys with 30 years plus in age, uh, all, all with big contracts, and tried to replace them with two younger guys. All right, uh, Julian Love. Uh, he's been a starter with the uh, Giants as far as a safety position. What's the plan for him in the secondary? Yeah, that's a that's a somewhat decent question because you know it, it, that's surprised people a little bit just because they have Jamal Adams and, and Quandre Diggs. But you know Jamal's another guy coming off an injury, and they're not they're not exactly sure um, when he's going to be ready to go. So Julian Love sort of gives them a hedge on that. Um, you know, so if Jamal's not back day one, they can they can put Julian Love into the strong safety spot. Um, if when Jamal comes back, then they sort of have a, a three safety rotation there. They could do some things with. And that was something they wanted to do a lot of last year. I, uh, you know, Seahawks fans, uh, you know, know this that when uh, on the play that Jamal Adams got hurt, he was playing linebacker. He, you know, he they, they lined him up and we said linebacker. He came on a blitz and. and uh, they hit Russell Wilson and got hurt in the process of the play, but that's what they wanted to do with him a lot last year. Get him closer to the line of scrimmage and then have two safeties behind him. So that's the plan. Uh, you know, if Jamal comes back, is to sort of do that a lot, and that's why they haven't signed a lot of other linebackers. Um, you know, they they want to do they, they want to go with that package quite a bit. They actually did that package a lot anyway. Um, even after Jamal was hurt, they did a lot with with a, a guy named Ryan Neal, who they ended up not hurting back, and so that was part of the thought with Julian Love, and so sort of just replace Ryan Neal in, in their lineup and, and in their scheme and, and doing the things that they do. So um, so that's the plan for him for this year, and then they signed him to a two-year deal. And um, You know, both Jamal Adams and Quandry Diggs have contracts that maybe they could get out of after this season if they really wanted to, so Julian Love would be a hedge on that as well. They also added some offensive line help. They added center Evan Brown, who had started 12 games for the Lions last season. They added uh, guard Phil Haynes. So how do those guys fit fit into the center and guard positions? Uh, yeah, they fit into the center and guard position. I mean, that's what they do. Um, Austin Blythe, who was their starting center last year, retired. So they needed a center. So they went, uh, they went Evan Brown to replace him. 
And then Phil Haynes was uh, basically just, you know, with their, uh, one of their two starting right guards last year. He, he filled in for a guy named Gabe, Gabe Jackson a lot um, when Gabe was hurt. And then they rotated quite a bit. They basically each played. Um, yeah, they just kind of rotated. He played about half the snaps when each of them were healthy. And they, they cut Gabe Jackson and a, and a salary cap that saved about $7 million against the cap. So they, they re-signed Phil Haynes to, uh, to, to fit in with Gabe. So Phil's a guy, you know, he's been here for five years now. Um, the, the guy they drafted a, a few years ago, uh, he's had some trouble staying on the field, had some injuries, but last year was, was healthy basically for the entire season and, you know, played about 60% of the snaps or so for him, the way, the way it worked out. Um, and a guy they like quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I feel like they have a, a starting five on the offensive line going into the draft. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth behind those guys, though, so drafting, especially a guard or a center, would, would make a lot of sense for them um, because all their guards or centers are on are on one-year contracts. So, uh, you know, drafting somebody there who's sort of more of a, a potential long-term fit there, and, you know, somebody could maybe back up or compete for a spot this year but then can take over next year, um, you know, if need be as a starter at one of those spots would make a lot of sense. Okay, so on to the draft we go. They have, as I mentioned, two first-round picks, five and 20. Let's start at number five. What or who or possibilities in your mind? Yeah, well, I, I mean, defensive line makes by far the most sense from just a positional standpoint. Um, you know, they, they, they really need help there. They don't have a lot of, of defensive linemen at all. So, you know, that's why you're seeing everybody kind of associate them with Jalen Carter. Um, obviously, Jalen Carter comes with, uh, you know, some perceived risk, but he, he might also be the best defensive lineman in the class. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I think the Seahawks, with the fifth pick, I think they, you know, they, they think this would be a rare time they have a pick this high. And so I think they might want to use it to try to get somebody who really could be a difference maker, you know, and, and maybe not necessarily just the safest pick, but somebody who, who maybe could be a, a really great player for a long time for you. Um, but, you know, Tyree Wilson and uh, Texas Tech, he's a and Ed's guy wouldn't make sense if, if for some reason Will Anderson fell to them. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody thinks that's really going to happen. But if for some reason he did, I think they, I think they'd leave to the table and take him. Um, you know, and then you know they've, they've they've talked a little bit about potentially a quarterback. And even though they re-signed Zeno, if you really look dig into that contract, it's just sort of a deal they could get out of after one year if they really wanted to. But you know, I don't think it. I don't think that contract precludes them from taking a quarterback. I think you draft quarterbacks based on. You know, sort of a long-term thing for your franchise. It's not necessarily what you need just you know day one of training camp in the season to come, but it's something that you're looking at for the long term of your of your franchise. And so, um, I think they'll consider a quarterback as well, depending on who's there uh, and how they've evaluated them. Just because I think it's you know that's the most valuable thing you can have in the NFL is a quarterback who's a, rookie, a quarterback who's on a rookie contract and all that. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll strongly consider that at both five or twenty as well. You know, also, just curious, I mean, if one of the top four quarterbacks, supposed top four quarterbacks would drop, would, would uh, I'm sure they're going to get some phone calls at number five. Would they consider moving down? I'm sure they'd consider it, but again, but everybody always talks about the Seahawks moving down, but they haven't moved down when they've had really high picks. They just haven't often had high picks, you know. Most of the time when they move down, it's like going, you know, they've gone from like 26 to 31 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when they had the sixth pick, they took it. When they had the ninth pick, they took it. And you know, if you if if you only feel like there's like twelve first round grades, and if you have a chance to get one of those guys, you can really be a difference maker for your team. Um, you know, that's a different proposition in terms of moving down. You really got to get a lot to do that. You're not just you know you're not just taking a third round pick next year to 
somebody down 10 spots in the first round or something. So, um, so I, I, I mean, yeah, everybody considers everything. So, of course, they'll consider it. But I, I do think they're going to want to try to get a really good player out of this draft. I, I, you know, I think they, they got a really good player at nine last year in Charles Cross, who, you know, who looks like he could be their left tackle for, you know, as long as they want him to be. And, uh, you know, I think that's the kind of thing they do want to do here. I, I don't think it's just about adding numbers. They have 10, you know, they have 10 draft picks overall, so they don't need to, they don't need to trade down just to get a bunch, bunch more third round picks or something like that. Um, you know, they need to add some real difference makers to this team. So I think it'll take a little bit for them to want to move down. Um, and especially if it's moving down far, uh, you know, maybe if you could, if you get a lot to move down five spots or something like that, you still feel like you get the same player at 10, but you're getting at five. Then, then, uh, you know, maybe you go ahead and do that. But I do think they're going to want to get a really good player or two out of this draft. So as you mentioned, they have, they have you know, 10 picks here. They have four of those in the first two rounds. So how will you, how might they address those positions, do you think? Yeah, I mean, they got to get better on defense, uh, the defensive line. I mean, that's the biggest thing they've got to do. Um, they, they've got to add an edge raiser. They, they for sure got to add an interior defensive lineman. Um they just don't have a lot of numbers there at all, so uh, you know, they've got to get they've got to get better at those spots. Um, you know, I don't rule out a quarterback, a wide receiver makes sense. It's another spot they haven't done anything to in the offseason. They, they literally haven't signed anybody um, to their receiving core, and they and they lost with the guy who was sort of their third receiver last year, Marquise Goodwin. He ended up signing with the Cleveland Browns. So, um, just from a number standpoint, they for sure got to do that. And then running back as well. They only have two running backs on their roster right now, so. For a team that's you know uh, so known for running the ball, um, they don't have a lot there. So uh, you know, I think those spots. I don't you know, running back is obviously the highly debated position. How high you have to go to really get a good running back, and people feel like there's a lot of good ones in this draft. So I don't know if that's something they got to do in the first two rounds, but it's something they got to do at some point in the draft for sure. Is that a running back or two? Lastly, uh, kind of away from Denver, literally here, Russell Wilson obviously struggled in Denver. Were you surprised how much he struggled, and how might he bounce back with Sean Payton in charge in Denver in 2023? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Sean Payton angle obviously is really interesting because Russell always talked about Drew Brees, uh, sort of being a guy he, uh, um, he he patterned his game after a little bit. You know, uh, Russell obviously always had the questions about his height. How would he how would he be able to handle the NFL? And he would always talk about Drew Brees. And, you know, basically he's the same height as Drew Brees, so if Drew Brees could fit, he could. Um, you know, so I think Sean Payton probably sees a little bit of Drew Brees and Russell, uh, you know, from that standpoint anyway, and then trying to craft the offense. Um, yeah, I think everybody was surprised that, 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 that it fell off quite like that. Um, you know, he's, he's battling some injuries now. You know, they came out after the season that he had to have knee surgery. And, and you know, that's what maybe starts to happen with quarterbacks when they get a little bit older, and that was obviously what happened in, you know, in 2021 up here was he had the hand injury and that really, you know, impacted his play after, you know, and there was a big difference in, in how he played after he got hurt that year than, than, than before. And, and you know, last year I think he had a concussion as well along with the, 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 the knee thing. And I think he had, I think he battled kind of a, a quad or hamstring injury as well last year. And so, um, you know, I think those things really kind of added up, added up for Russell, um, you know, going to a new system, everybody always would bag on the Seahawks for not taking advantage of Russell and, and his strengths. But, you know, you look at his stats, and he, he put up a lot of good numbers in Seattle. And so I think maybe they knew how to use him a little better than people than people thought they did. You know, they, they won a Super Bowl with him, and they went to two Super Bowls with him. So it wasn't like they completely misused him and asked him to do nothing but hand the ball off. 
Um, so I, you know, I think I think maybe the combination of all those, uh, you know, kind of being out of his comfort zone a little bit with the, with the rookie head coach and and some of the ailments he dealt with, I think I, I think maybe all that combined. But uh, you know, if he gets if he gets a little healthier and he's with a, co- uh, a coach and shot base and has a really good system and can tailor that. Um, for the kind of quarterback that Russell is today, which you know isn't necessarily the quarterback he was ten years ago in terms of his mobility, uh, um, you know those things I think w- would allow him to be a lot better this year. Bob, always good talking to you. Appreciate the time. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bob Kendota, Seattle Times. Excellent stuff there. And.